Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. friends and welcome to the secret podcast at service of change where we challenge reality question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change i'm your host dennis nappy the second with service of change on this episode of the secret podcast we get to speak with joe scorzone he's actually a fellow classmate from my former high school upper darby high school we connected via facebook he put a post up he's got incredible things going on he is the genius behind flint face he is a very talented musician I, I brought him on the show because he has an incredible story of resilience he talks a lot about resiliency uh, of survival of following your heart following your dreams trusting your intuition following that inner voice that inner guide and the synchronicity surrounding this show was phenomenal some of it i'll talk about uh on the air some of it him and i address as well um you know for those of you that listen to the show you know I'm, I'm always trying to explore intuition how to use it what it means how to listen to it and this is just the icing on the cake for me the way things worked out between him and i uh, i'm just i'm just so uh excited about this show this discussion that i got to have with joe that i'm going to play for you shortly so you want to stay tuned um you know this is a good follow-up to the episode i did a couple weeks back uh, on how to manifest your dreams because uh he has been through it through some rough times through the roughest of times and he's uh, he's doing wonderful things now with his music so stay tuned you want to check that out as well for those of you new to the show, please check us out at serviceofchange.com. There is, I think, up over 40 hours of uh, free content, free podcast stuff. You can get that through SoundCloud, through iTunes as well, as we're celebrating our now 103rd episode of The Secret Podcast with a wide variety of topics on there. And don't forget to sign up for The Secret Newsletter, where you'll get your free ebook, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are. It's a fantastic quick read. That is the intro to my next, my, uh, my next big project, I Am Human food for the archons you know i've been doing a lot of editing on that this morning uh just this morning i was going through the first section of the book again i'm i think i'm real close to having it clean enough to send out to my editor so i can get this project released to all of you um but as i'm reading it you know i'm really i'm really proud of this work and and what i've put together so far on it on the way that this the threads just continue um to piece themselves together so big things are coming with this book and uh you know with this project beyond just food for the archons but there is more to humanity than we realize 
uh, you know, we are capable of so much more, and that's what this book pieces together and will prove to you. Uh, something, I don't know if the word is interesting is the right word, but I, I got trolled, uh, not this week, but I, I found the message of somebody trolling me, one of my podcasts from a while ago, and I decided to engage them. They have not responded to me yet. I try not to get caught up in online drama, but this is one I, I felt the need to say something. I did a show months ago. Let me see. I, I don't even know the date of it, but I, I had a guest on the show and he was talking about his experiences with what he what we call alien abduction really powerful interview he was talking about his take on it and he you know how he feels that they're actually us in the future time traveling back and he's had some crazy experiences so it was a really neat discussion that i had with this gentleman the problem was the audio quality of this podcast was not the best i spent hours trying to clean it up and enhance it it's not great audio it's just his his equipment wasn't the best i i wasn't able to to work with it as well as i could but the discussion was important, and it was powerful, and, and it was a, a, something that I felt needed to be released. So I made the choice, even though the audio is not great, to put it out there. Well, I get a comment from this guy, and it said, Next time do an audio test, I stopped watching this pathetic podcast. And that's all he said. You know, like, no kidding, dude. I'm aware the audio is terrible. And I thought about it for a day or two, and then today I decided, you know what? I'm, I'm going to respond. I'm going to read my response to him just because... Why not? It's my show. But I said, actually, I did multiple audio tests and spent a few hours cleaning up the audio because it was so bad. I almost scrapped the entire show, but the content of what my guest was saying deserved to be heard. He presented a valuable perspective. Next time, offer some feedback that is of value instead of being condescending. Provide feedback beyond the obvious that may actually help improve the show or don't waste anyone's time. This type of feedback and labeling the show pathetic helps nobody. Your trolling is part of the reason people are afraid to share their stories. You are part of the reason we can't seem to find clear, clear answers because you serve to disrupt instead of support and help in this quest for truth. Your feedback was meaningless. Next time, try spending some time contributing to a discussion instead of simply trying to break it down. And please, don't waste my time with obvious and trivial responses. So that was me getting my dig in on an internet troll. You know, it just frustrates me though because we're all out there struggling. And, you know, we're trying to do our best, especially in the alternative media movement, the, uh, the truth seekers movement, the independent media movement, whatever you want to call us. And there's different levels of skill set. Why do we feel the need when somebody makes a mistake or somebody's struggling or somebody says something wrong to be so mean and condescending? If you wanted to just say, hey, do an audio check, I didn't I couldn't hear it very well. Maybe that's something, if I was a new podcaster, I wasn't aware of. I was aware that this was an issue, but like I said, I chose to put it on there. But did he have to call it pathetic? What have you done, buddy? I know nothing about you, but I can only imagine. Let's be supportive of one another. Let's network and uh, try to get better answers and better solutions out there. That's all I'm going to say. I'm off my soapbox for the moment. So before I jump into uh, my interview with Joe, let's talk about what's going on in the news. This first story comes out of it comes to us from Birmingham Mail, titled "Sex Robots Condemned by Furious Salvation Army." The Christian Church and charity said so-called sex bots would have a detrimental effect. Salvation Army has condemned the dawn of sex robots, warning that the technology could increase demand for people trafficked into the UK for sexual exploitation. 
The Christian Church and Charity said so-called sex bots would have a detrimental effect on both existing and potential victims of modern slavery, rather than decrease demand for real sex workers. The intervention came after a report on the burgeoning technology gave warnings about the, quote, dark side of the rapidly advancing technology that could involve issues of rape and pedophilia. Catherine Taylor of the Salvation Army's Anti-Trafficking and Modern Slavery Unit said that androids, some of which have sensors responsive to touch and can be programmed with personalities, could encourage sex to be viewed as a commodity. She said it could fuel demand for sex with people and lead to traffickers exploiting more vulnerable individuals to meet this demand. Sex bots won't fulfill the need for human interaction and for rewarding loving relationships. In the same way that pornography normalizes certain behaviors, the availability of sex bots could normalize a dis- distorted power dynamic, which devalues the other person involved when transferred to human interactions. A little bit more about this in the show notes. I'll have the link to it. You can read the rest of that article. But that ties into, I just shared a Facebook feed, a uh, company demand in Japan an individual just married a character from a video game. The wedding ceremony, it's all in, in video, but you see him standing there in a tuxedo at an altar, and he's wearing the VR headset, and in this VR headset, he's marrying a character in a video game. Now, we roll our eyes at this, but on multiple episodes, I've talked about the advancements in AI, the advancements of robotics. This is happening. This is real. Uh, go back and watch the movie with Joaquin Phoenix called Her. I think that's a very good depiction of where we might be heading having relationships, intimate relationships with artificial intelligence, with technology, and physical relationships with robots. Combine the two. You know, I had a, uh, a reader comment that he thought it was stupid that, the, you know, just get a dog. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I am saying that it's coming whether we like it or not. People are uh, developing intimate relationships with robots and as AI advances, who's to say we're going to be able to tell the difference whether or not we're talking to uh, a computer brain or a human brain? Who's to say that at some point in our evolution, we weren't once some form of artificial intelligence as well? Really makes you wonder. That's a whole different show. Speaking of artificial intelligence, uh, a big advocate or a a big uh, voice in this field, Elon Musk. This comes to us from CNBC. The The world's population is accelerating toward collapse and nobody cares. Musk tweeted Thursday to his nearly 10 million followers. The world's population is accelerating toward collapse, but few seem to notice or to care. He is replying to a new scientist article titled The World in 2076. The population bomb has imploded. The world's population is accelerating towards collapse, but few seem to take notice or care. Tesla's CEO tweeted to his nearly 10 million followers. He pointed to a November article in New Scientist magazine titled The World in 2076. The population bomb has imploded. The piece written by Fred Pierce points to Japan as a case study for what could go wrong in the relatively near future. Rather than a meltdown where the Earth's population outstrips the planet's ability to feed anyone, we could be headed toward a more subtle but equally disastrous outcome where our population simply does not replace itself fast enough. The world has hit its peak child, the late Hans Rosling, a professor at the uh, Karolinska Institute in Stockholm, said in the article. Indeed, Japan's fertility rate is 1.4 children per women, well below what is required to sustain population growth. While Japan is perhaps the most well-known example of a country's population aging, the article in the London-based magazine also points to Germany and Italy, both of which could see their populations have within the next 60 years. The article spells out some of the problems an older population might bring, including less innovation, cultural shifts, and worse and more recession-prone economies. 
According to the U.S. Census Bureau, the nation's population is roughly 325 million with a net gain of one person every 12 seconds. This article goes on to talk a little bit more about the pros and cons. Is this really happening? Is it not happening? Elon Musk is a big name, though. You want to keep your eyes on him. Trump was just talking about advancements in space and the privatization of space, and he quoted Elon Musk's company, so he's going to be getting, most likely going to be getting some funding and some more attention and make some more uh, innovative choices. He also, in another show that I covered, is credited with stating that Humanity needs to merge with tech or be lost to AI. He sees AI as a threat to humanity. He thinks that the answer is in merging ourselves, merging our consciousness with technology. He's a smart guy. I'm not saying I agree with him, but we want to pay attention to what this man is saying and doing. Next one comes to us from Newsweek. Natural disaster, 5.8 magnitude earthquake hits Montana, raising supervolcano concerns. The article basically goes through to quote the USGS saying that this earthquake did hit not too far from Yellowstone. It stirred a little bit of a panic, but rest assured, this is not an indicator that Yellowstone is about to blow. They do not anticipate this leading to the mega volcano eruption that is going to end life as we know it. You can read the full article at serviceofchange.com. Following up to a story I covered a few weeks ago, the body found in Nazca, Peru, the humanoid body with three fingers, three toes that had been preserved, dated back to 200 to 400 BC. Great episode I did. Go back and listen to that. Some good breakdowns over, over what it could be, what it could mean. They've been scanning this thing. I'll have the link to Gaia.com because that's where they're uh, you know, breaking all these stories. But they have uh, a couple videos out uh, talking about the x-raying that they're doing. They had one of the medical techs on there. I don't know if she was a doctor or whatnot. Looking at the x-rays and saying preliminarily what she's looking at, this looks authentic. It does not, she said, it does not appear to have been altered. They're also saying this being does not seem to be some form of human deformity. It may actually be something other than a human being. To add to that, they found a new body, a much smaller body, also has three fingers and looks like three toes as well, but it is of a different species. The head is not attached. As they're going through this, they see, looking down into the neck, what looks like ligaments and veins and all these other things. So these seem like real bodies of these humanoid beings. Now, again, go back and listen to my other show, talking about this discovery and what it could mean i'm not jumping on the aliens bandwagon right now the earth is very old and there may be more things that have been here than we realize it's no secret now that our history has been altered our history has been erased is this a hidden part of that history i'll continue to cover this story as it develops but also i'll have the links to gaia uh, so you can continue to watch what's going on Another interesting story comes to us from Coast to Coast. Flat Earth billboard campaign spreads to Oklahoma. Uh, an intensive campaign by Flat Earth conspiracy theorists to catch the attention of motorists via billboards has spread to Oklahoma over the next month. Drivers cruising down the highway near the Tusla International Airport may spot an electronic ad which asks the question, Is the Earth flat? Uh, I'll have this article in the show notes. You can read it yourself as well. I am not a flat earther. I'm just fascinated with this movement, fascinated with this story. Is this something greater? Is this some kind of deception? Is this something thrown out there to just confuse everybody? 
Uh, or is there more to it? I, I did a Flat Earth show. It was, it was uh, way back when. I've, I've referred to it a few times. And I just want to stress the point that even if you don't prescribe to the overall goal of a particular theory, there may be other things you can take from it that will be of value. Whether it will support one of your arguments or disprove something you're trying to disprove, do not dismiss anything in this day and age. Let's give everybody a chance. Listen to what they have to say. But I don't think the earth is flat based on my own research of the topic. All right, last one. This is another scary one, uh, I think, but they're going to word it in a way that does not sound scary. Inverse.com, titled Relax, pig-human chimeras have a safety switch that prevents sentience. Okay, what this article talks about is history's first pig-human hybrids have been grown in a lab, stoking fears at a porcine mutant apocalypse. Strange hybrids known as chimeras contain a mixture of pig and human cells. Ethicists fear that the human cells injected into a pig's body with the intention of producing human organs might travel to the brain and create a sentient pig with human thoughts. A lot of information in this article have it linked in the show notes, but basically, yes, they are growing pigs and then injecting human parts in it so we can regrow organs and things of that nature. Um, a lot of issues here. Obviously, they're creating chimeras. The technology is available. What's been created that we're not hearing about that has reached sentience or sentience consciousness? Um, you know, th- this reminds me of, uh, you know, the movie Gattaca, the movie... Uh, it was a movie about cloning. It was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie about cloning. Um, we're, we're on some dangerous grounds here. We've talked about the AI stuff. Now we've got clonings going on. Combine the two. What have you got? You've, you've got this whole race of, of life here that you're creating. Does that make us God? Does that make us the creator in some aspects? Maybe it does. Again, what does that say about our own creation and our own existence? This could go in so many different directions, but there's always more to the story so keep your eyes to that so I want to jump into my interview with Joe again it was a powerful interview and I I hope that you all enjoy it please as well take the time to share the links to this podcast he's got some good things going on with his music and with his message that he's getting out there Um, you know the man's a survivor and uh, he is manifesting his dreams and he goes and breaks down the formula to do that Uh, I think you're going to want to pay attention to what he has to say. I'm very impressed with him. I'm glad that I have been able to make this contact with Joe. And I want to talk about real quick, I always talk about intuition. I always talk about following your intuition. I saw Joe's posting on a Facebook feed through our graduating class of our high school. He's not my typical guest on the show. He's not my typical subject on the surface. Something in my gut told me I need to reach out to this guy. I don't know why. After I reached out to him, turns out, you know, he very interested in a lot of these topics that I cover on the show and we've had some you know some back and forth conversations about these things um, you know there's no coincidences here and the synchronicity was was very strong so uh, I hope you enjoy this this discussion that I had with Joe uh, and again uh, please share it because this is an inspiration we are all capable of greatness we are all capable of achieving our dreams we just need to put the work in so without further ado here's Joe hey buddy how's it going dude pretty good man pretty good I'm uh, very excited to talk to you. I know we just spoke briefly, uh, you know, in the warm up before the show, and we have seems like we have a lot more in common than, than we actually realized. We went to high <laughs> school together, and uh, you know, didn't really know each other then. I, I found you online uh, on a Facebook message, but just talking, we found out we're, we're basically in the same neighborhood now, right? 
it's crazy. I can't believe that, you know, it's, it's really such a small world. Um, yeah. Uh, if you want, actually, I can read your bio because I think sure. you got a pretty cool bio here. And then why don't we go from there? Flint Face's Joe Scorsone's background can be traced to the streets of West Philadelphia, where as the son of a preacher, he was involved from a very young age in giving back to the local community. At the same time, sadly, he was the victim of abuse that set his formative years on a dark course of insecurity and depression. As an escape, he found solace in the healing powers of music and his face. About surviving and thriving in all areas of life. Make the best of the worst. It's about remaining steadfast, pursuing hope, and not being moved. Joe, you have motivated me from the minute I read, uh, you know, your post on Facebook. I checked out, you know, the video that you put together, crowdfunding for your upcoming album. Mm-hmm. The history. It's been quite the journey here for you. <laughs> let's let's just go back. I mean, let's just go back to the beginning. What was going on in high school? How'd you get into the music? I mean, take us to the beginning. Yeah. Man, I, it has been a journey. I need to lay down and take a nap. It's It's been ridiculous. I mean, when I was in high school, I, my dad was a preacher in North Philadelphia. It, actually, it was in West and moved to North. And mm-hmm. so I spent the majority of my time in the inner city. And um, uh, I grew up very, uh, I'm, you know, I guess religious. Um, my faith is still really strong in it. It's not like a lot of times when people talk about religion in their past, they talk about it like I used to be this, but you know, then I, you know, but it, it's not, my faith has actually gotten stronger, but, um, uh, the, the journey I feel like God put me on or whatever you want to call it, um, is just very non-conventional to what typical church stuff is or Christianity and all that. So, um, in, in high school, I was, I was very involved in the church. So I, I, I felt like I couldn't relate in a lot of ways to kids. And then, um, uh, the deeper line thing that's something we were, you know, we could talk more about today that we really didn't talk about when we were younger um, was I was struggling a lot with suicide and depression. Um, I was sexually abused when I was a kid and mm-hmm. <clears throat> bringing um, go like going through that adolescent phase and like trying to feel like a man, feel like a grown up, you know, feel like, you know, we're all, I think it was just a, a whole school of insecure people walking around with like trying to be secure, you know, <laughs> so, adolescent. True. So it's so weird. Everybody's trying to be, cool but you know we're all we're pretending all just, <laughs> i know yeah, where we went all, everybody was pretending man yeah it's like it's like uh, you know everybody's just kind of standing there like what do i do with my arms you know it's such a weird time <laughs> it's such yeah. a weird age but uh, yet there's the cool kids but then you look at me like are you peeking like are you is this like the best yeah you know it's yeah. such a weird environment i'm so glad to not be there anymore in that age but but i was struggling yeah. you know i didn't talk about it and it, nowadays like with lgbtqi and different subjects we're, we're talking about all kinds of things that people are dealing with internally that they can now talk about publicly. Whether you support mm-hmm. these things or not, um, it's kind of cool that you can say a lot of stuff that we used to not be able to say. So I kept all this stuff internal. So at school, I was kind of like, you know, mentally, what am I doing with my arms? And then, you know, at home, right. I was massively struggling with depression and insomnia. And, um, you know, um, so uh as i got older the the like when i got out of high school and stuff i was really trying to find my feet and um i went to college for one day i went took my uh placement exams it was like and i'm sitting there and i'm looking around the room and i just put it down i'm like why am i doing this again and i just left i'm like i can do this on my own and i don't need to pay them to teach. it was just i don't know what my brain was thinking but i was like i just needed to get out of there put my pencil down walked out and never went back and um, I didn't, I left the church, the church went through some hard times and I, and I just stopped going to the church and I, and I, um, 
you know, just try to figure things out. And we moved to the Poconos in 2001. Um, and I ended up starting a church of my own in the barn and it was called local blood work, which is a weird mm-hmm. name, but it was, uh, it was based on a scripture about those of you who are far come under the blood, but I, I didn't fit in with church people. I was struggling with that kind of like I didn't fit in a high school. So I started bringing the church band to local bars and playing, mm-hmm. you know, safe songs, I guess. And, um, <laughs> right. the church, you know, and, and so the church started filling up with like bartenders and bouncers and all kinds of different people wow. from the bar. Yeah. And we were meeting in this barn and we got to about 75 people and, um, it got too cold. So we met in my house and my house flooded from a frozen pipe. And I was living in a hotel for like three months from that. And the church kind of disbanded because we just, there was nowhere to meet. And uh, I just, from then I was like, you know what, let's just take, I feel best out there and the, on the road. So let's just take this thing on the road. And me and my little brother just started Flint face, a two piece metal band. I played drums and sang lead and he played guitar. And uh, we toured for about six years, just regular venues. And, um, mm-hmm he left uh the band you know he was hitting like 18 ish so Mm kind of wanted to just live life and figure things out and so i you know was on a path to be flint face myself and figure out how to write a song (laughs) i didn't know how to play guitar or anything so um yeah so 10 years after that here we are now and a little over 10 years and uh things have changed so yeah that's the whole thing in a nutshell I got to say one of the strongest themes I think that runs through uh, consistent with my show is it it sounds like you just tapped into your intuition, tapped into your gut and said, I'm going to follow this. I'm not going to listen to what society tells me I should do, like go to college or, or, you know, and you just kept Mm -hmm. pushing on and you realized this is the path I'm walking. And instead of that's what I find so inspiring about you, instead of finding that defeat when well, I'm not fitting in with the church people. Let me mm-hmm. go to a bar. Now I got all these bar people mm-hmm. coming to my church. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then it got too cold. Well, let's find something else. Let's go to the house. And the house mm-hmm. flooded, you know, and then, okay, now I'm going to go on the road. It, it was very fluid. A lot of times we try to fight what mm-hmm. life throws in our direction. And and what you have done, it's 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 kung fu, man. Like instead yep. of resisting it, you're going with it and you're redirecting that energy and turning it into something that you can use to take the next step. And I think that's the key to finding success in life. And that's awesome. I, I, it's so true. I mean, I heard a, uh, I, I'm part of a couple suicide awareness coalitions and, uh, mm-hmm. at, at Pocono medical side of fact, a, a crisis counselor was speaking and she said something really powerful that, you know, crisis is a, is not a negative term. It's a pivot point mm-hmm. and it, it right. is a pivot point. And, you know, I think sexual abuse and, you know, you, you, those, di- you, it almost fractures your mind or, or I, I don't know the right word. It, 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 it um, you disassociate from certain things and you learn to go in this go mode and like compartmentalize things. And I think that's, that's where, and and I really hate when people say you have to do this, this way, like why there's gotta be a hundred different ways to do one thing. So so when, when, and, and I guess there's, I want to say it's a bit of rebellion. Like it, it just, you know, when people say, you know, like I'm 38 years old and playing, sh- I'm a full-time musician and um, my fan base is majority of middle school, high school age group. You know, I should be, I should be washed up now as a musician. I'm far past my prime as a musician, but I'm just getting started now and I'm just starting mm-hmm. to grow and gain mo- momentum 17 years later. Right. And so, y- you know, it's just, um, I, it, I think it, all this stuff we're talking about, it's funny because the, all the different subjects I've gotten involved in, whether it started from the church and I was real heavy with like religious message when I first started the band, then it was suicide awareness and mental health awareness. 
And it all seems to be boiling down to this moment, to the word, the one word, it's resilience. Mm-hmm. Resilience is everything. It's coping and dealing with things and, and learning how to, you know, I'm not an anti-bully musician. You can't get rid of bullies. I wish right. I could. Mm-hmm. I wish I could, but you can't. Mm-hmm. So what's the option? It's resilience. Right. You know, so that's kind of where it's all boiling down to for me. You know, Joe, I, I, I've hinted at it since the beginning of this podcast, but there's there's a lot of synchronicities that are that are falling into place, and, and resiliency being one of them. Like I said, when I when I first saw your post, my show, I, I don't normally delve into this subject in from from this angle. Mm-hmm. I think it's highly relevant to the things I talk about on my show, but it's a different angle for me. And I I saw your video, I heard you talking, and, and it was my intuition that said, I got to connect with this guy. I have to talk with him, and, and everything's starting to click in place as we're going through this discussion right now. Mm-hmm. Number one, the fact that we both moved out of the same neighborhood and live what, 15, 20 minutes away from <laughs> yeah, each other. That's right just now. crazy. Yeah. I, I had no idea where you were. And you're like, ah, oh, I, I said, oh, I'm in the Poconos. You're like, no way. I live right down the street. Like, <laughs> that's so nuts. I mean, that's, that's really, uh, you know, there's no coincidences there. No, you know, but, and, and now you're talking about, um, you know, the mental health stuff, the suicide stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. I've had my own past with that, with myself, mm-hmm. with friends and family. Um, you know, it's a hot button for me and the word resiliency that you just threw out. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually taught resiliency this year. You know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Institute of heart math. Have you, have you heard of them? Uh, no, no. I'll, I'll give a nutshell, but what heart math, one of the things they talk about is building your own level of resiliency um, to keep, be mindful of your energetic and your emotional output mm. because we have all these constant drains on our day. And yes, sometimes you have a big emotional drain. You know, your boss calls you and tells you that you, you messed something up and now you're losing all your energy because you're stressing over that. Mm. But there's little things that you worry about. You know, did, did I spend too much money, at, you know, when I went grocery shopping today or, uh, you know, did I leave the TV on? Like little tiny things that will drain your energy throughout the day. So we're teaching techniques in, in mindfulness and in resiliency so you can accept Crazy. those challenges that life throws your way and just move on from it and keep it going. You know, so there you are talking about resiliency and that's, that's a very big, uh, important, I guess, step in, in, in what I'm looking into right now. That's crazy. It, it's, it's relevant. It, and I think, um, I heard a, I won't mm-hmm. say who, but, um, a new superintendent of an entire school district is crazy. She was uh, saying to me that, um, she feels that the biggest void in students today, if there, if you had to point one out would be resilience, learning to deal mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's true with social media. I mean, I'm, I'm working with so many counselors now and, you know, they're saying that not only can you bully somebody or pick on somebody, not have to deal with, you know, getting punched in the face for it, but you can also block somebody. And I never heard anybody mm-hmm. say that you can block them. And now I don't have to deal with you. Right. And, and, right. and that, that's important. Both sides of that are important to, to deal with it. And um, so you know, I don't want to be, you know, kids these days and all that stuff. Cause adults these days, everybody these days needs resilience. It's yes. It, it's yeah. priceless skill. It's global. It is a priceless skill mm-hmm. set that we all need. So anyway, yeah. No, I, I agree more. I agree completely. And I think that, uh, like you said, they don't have that coping that mechanism, at least the students I work with, mm-hmm. the second they're faced with a challenge, they shut down. Yeah. They just completely shut down. I can't do this is stupid. If, you know, and I have to work with them to say, number one, it's okay to fail. 
If yeah. you fail, that's a learning process. You know, I, I did a show uh, a couple, where when we first connected, it, my show was on manifesting your dreams and how to make mm-hmm. it happen. And, and part of it is a mindset. Part of it is looking at failure as a teaching tool. You know, I listened to a podcast when I first launched my publishing company and, and it's always stuck in my head. It was an interview on like, you know, people that made a million dollars before they turned 30. Mm-hmm. And what they all had in common was they at least had, I think they all had at least five or six businesses that completely failed. And the difference is they look at that failure as, well, that was just one step in, you know, that I'm going to learn from. I won't make that mistake again. Or so many other people, they just give up. But failure is a part of learning. Failure is a part of education. You can take those lessons and you can move on. And I think the steps you've taken, obviously, you know, uh, speak to that. I mean, you're, you sound like you're doing great now following your dreams. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's still challenges every day, but it's like, um, man, we could talk about a lot of stuff tonight. Um, uh, I'll, I'll throw some big things out there and then we can backpedal. Um, sure. Pursuing my dreams. Uh, I've been homeless. I've lived on construction sites and taken bird baths at McDonald's. Um, mm-hmm. And not like a band musician just being on the road. Like I didn't have a home. Um, right. I've, um, I'm a million dollars in debt. Um, big debt. That would cripple somebody. Yeah. It doesn't cripple me. But, you know, here's the funny thing. Now, when someone says, oh, we might need to borrow $2 million or $10 million, it doesn't really mean anything to me anymore. It, you know, you, it, it, and that, and that, and I'm not saying this to like, I have no other motive but to say it for the reason you said that, that um, it becomes a learning. It's almost like building layers of calluses that, that once you've, once you've dealt with tens of dollars, <laughs> then you can deal with mm-hmm. hundreds of dollars. And once you've dealt with, this disappointment, you can deal with a, th- a, ne- a next one. And once you've, you know, and, and I've heard this before. I mean, even that uh, Tony Roberts, I was listening. I don't really listen to motivational speakers, but I mm-hmm. caught it on YouTube once that, you know, he was saying how he did this some crazy $300 million deal and his partners left him. And, you know, but after that experience, it doesn't sting anymore. And um, so, because a lot of times when people say, you know, failures, pick yourself up. A lot of that stuff sounds like empty words right. but it but it's not what it really means is just that that you you're building layers and yeah that's a good way to put it you can cope at the next level and you can uh you're not scared of the next thing uh, uh it, it really it really is something that i i've I seen so many the, i feel like life is like a boulevard of broken dreams with people around me that especially music is a great example like i, I can't tell you how many musicians i've heard set a threshold you know mm-hmm. when i hit 25 or 28 or these like numbers I've heard 30. That's when I, I'll give up. It blows my mind. Why? Why? Right. Why? You might be right there. What's, what's, what says that you have to give up your dream if it's your dream? I don't know. I don't know where people come up with these arbitrary numbers. I don't know what makes them an expert. And then, and then to the thing that made me push, I mean, this is my almost two decades I've been doing music and it's finally paying me finally getting paid to play shows. Right. Uh, the thing that pushed me is that when I very first started, I played some weird bar in the Poconos. I'm sure it's gone now. And some dude got up and was killing it on the guitar. It was open mic night and he was wearing uh, work pants and work boots and he was dirty. He was obviously working all day. And I looked at him and I said, man, that guy could have maybe made it. And I was like, mm-hmm. I just don't want to regret. I don't want to be that. Not that I was dogging yeah. this guy, but I just like, I don't want to be in his shoes where I could have maybe, but never knew because so anyway, right. yeah, it all sounds like it all sounds like just cliche motivational stuff, but it's not. If you start applying it, you start getting it. You have to like live it to get it, I guess. Right. And and that's and and let me ask you this simple question. Mm-hmm. Are you happy? 
I'm extremely happy. I'm exhausted, but I'm extremely happy. I work harder now than anybody at a day job than I ever worked at a day job. Right. Right. But you love what you're doing, do what you love and, and you end up loving it and, and you find your happiness. And, and that's what I try to tell people is that like, I barely sleep because I, I do the show. I'm, I'm working three jobs now, you know, yep. between my publishing company and, and the podcasting and writing. And then I have a real estate business and I'm teaching. Wow. I've got three kids at home, man. So, you wow. know, my youngest is three months old. She's crying right now. My wife's trying to put her down. My <laughs> oldest is going to be five. So I'm just constantly running, but yep. That resiliency that we talked about, dude, I failed a lot. I've been through a lot of stuff that at the time was scary, was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a point now, at the end of the day, I'll sit there and I go, I can't believe how much I got done today. And I'm still ready to go. You know, but it's like 20 years ago, I can't believe I can say that now. I yeah. wouldn't be able to handle that you nah. know, because you don't have the skill set to be able to, ability to multitask. Mm-hmm. And I, I just keep thinking out there for all the people who are who hate their job, who, who are living to get drunk on the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, in the oh, words of Alan sad. Watts, you know, like if, what if money were no object, what would you do? Figure it out, do it and become great at it. Absolutely. Uh, uh, D- Dave Ramsey, uh, I was listening to him for a little while a few years ago and he had said something because a lot of people say, well, I have kids, I have a mortgage. First of all, I get that because I've had mm-hmm. those things too, but um he said, just then, then stretch out the plan. But if you hate your job, you've got to make a plan, even if it's a five-year plan, mm-hmm. to slowly work your way out of that job. You have to. I mean, because yeah. life is short. You don't really get to go back through it again. There's really never a someday. Like, today is the day, always. Today is the day, always. You're, and you're that's absolutely right. Yep. Key. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the wood, I don't know if you saw anything about the wood shop, but that mm-hmm. really, that, that is the testament to you know, I, I was, I'm with a record label right now and, um, right now they're just doing distribution at this point, but, um, and I may be switching soon, but, um, I was on tour and right before I left for a six week tour in 2014, um, they, uh, I, I found I was going to lose all my investors and backers. So now I had to take a 15 passenger van, seven people getting paid salaries, hotel food, and a 14 foot trailer around the country for six weeks and come back two weeks before Thanksgiving without a job with no money. And, uh, I started December 1st with $5,000 left in my account. I thought, well, I said to my wife, at least we'll get through the holidays. Right. And the next morning I opened my bank account and the last lawyer took $5,000. And that's how the woodshop started. And the woodshop has propelled the music and everything. And it, so it's like, you got it. It's like every crisis is a pivot point. What, what, tell me about this woodshop. What does, uh, what, what uh the woodshop? It's crazy. I, I went upstairs in our barn. Uh, we rent a place and it has a 150-year-old barn here. And I, I went upstairs and it was December. It was the quietest moment of my life. I just came off of like shooting music videos with Sony and all this great touring like crazy to being in a cold barn with two pair of pants on and Reebok Classics and freezing, no heat. And I picked a scrap piece of wood off the ground. I had no money. We had zero in our account. And I cut the strings off my guitar because I had no money for twine. This is like, sounds like a fake story. It was true. Honest to God. He has people that bought them from me and I cut little Christmas ornaments. I strung them with my guitar strings and I took some pictures with my phone, put them on our website, the music website. And, um, they sold. And then somebody asked me some, for some furniture and knowing that we were losing all of our investors and all the backing we were and coming into a new year, my wife and I had to say, okay, this is a point where we have to make a decision. Do we go back to our day jobs, which were awesome? Mm-hmm. Or do we, um, bully through somehow? I don't know how, but let's, 
and we decided to bully through and someone asked me to make them some furniture. I borrowed some, I had, I have no woodworking background. <laughs> I, um, I was just like, okay, yeah, I'll make, what do you want? You yeah, know, sure. Right. Just take the order and figure it out. Right. Um, I, uh, that spring, very early spring, I, I said, well, what do we do now? My wife came up with some real simple designs. We used rough cut pine, which was like the cheapest wood you can buy. Yeah. It was ugly. Uh, but we started burning it with a torch and it gave it this look that made it look a little more expensive. And, um, we borrowed a few bucks from a friend, bought some boards. I picked up in my Prius and made some stuff in the barn and uh, sat at flea markets that year. So going from staying at like New York hotels to, uh, sitting in between like fake Louis Vuitton bags and socks in Marshall's <laughs> Creek. Right. You, you start looking at your life saying, okay, did I make some support decisions? <laughs> Should I have gone to college? Was boy right. meets world. Right. You know, <laughs> right. And you, you right. know, you, so, but, but sitting at that flea market, Dennis, I'm telling you, I got my first guitar sponsor sitting in a flea market. I was autographing birdhouses and, and albums. And right. uh, the seven the seven hundred club, which is a very polarizing show, uh, because of the but but they but they're still a big show. They flew up right. to my barn. A, a fan had told them about. They flew up and interviewed me that year. Wow. Uh, the ba- the band made record income. And there's no band. I mean, I hired band, but I made record income in the music that year, sitting at a flea market. And uh, from there, our products went to a retailer. Now we're in like seventy retailers in three states. And matter of fact, today I just got into. Whole Foods, which is going to be fifty Whole Foods. Wow! So as you know, like That's awesome. yeah, thank you. Like an hour so with these little products. So matter of fact, if you're at American Candle or Mount Pocono Shoprite, you'll see my display. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to both of those places many times, so I'll keep that's my eyes so, open. For so it. funny, yeah. But that's that's the story. But that helped fund the music, and then the music started picking up again. But it, it was like a, again a pivot point. You you build resilience, and you have to use it. So. That's inspiring, dude. I, I just, I can't imagine like sitting at the flea market, you know, after everything you've been through. I mean, I've been down on my luck too. I mean, going from, you know, top of my game in the military and then sitting there, I, I had to take a job uh, at one point counting credit cards for production factory oh, wow. you know, and all the while plotting my next move and, and learning from it. And mm. um, you just keep going. And yep. I think that's the key. And some days you only get to work on whatever your dream is. You may be able to spend five minutes on it. Maybe you'll mm-hmm. spend no minutes on it some days, mm-hmm. but you come back to it when you can, because you believe in it and it's your passion. And that's what, what keeps driving. My first book took me over five years to get done. Wow. But you, you did know? it. I did it. I that's did it. That's the point. People, people just get overwhelmed. But you, you, it's mm-hmm. ch- chipping away at a rock. Actually, the rock's yep. going to be gone. You have to like. A little bit at a time. Why do you think that mentality isn't there? And is it, is it something that systematically is being taught to us to be weak or is it, and I'm not calling people weak to insult because we all struggle with it, but what, what do you think that comes from? Why is there such a lack of resilience right now? Why is it, why do I keep hearing that word from you and superintendents and all over? That's, that's my, um, I mean, that'll tie into some of my conspiracy stuff. I, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I really think that the system is designed to keep people down, to keep people submissive, to keep them feeling bad about themselves and looking forward to the weekends. Because what you are experiencing, Joe, is freedom. It's true freedom. Yep. A lot of people, a lot of us, myself included, are, we're debt slaves and we're slaves to the system and we're slaves to, I can't be better. I can't do better. There's nothing more for me here. And when you say, screw the system, I'm not going to get sucked into debt with college. I can make it on my own. That's freedom. That's breaking free 
from that system. Mm. And, and I think that's why we have everybody so regimented trying to, you know, fit everybody around pegs and round holes because once they realize I can do what I want, it's going to be hard, but I'm going to be happy. I think the system falls apart. Mm. I, 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 uh, I don't know how far down the rabbit hole you, you go, but yeah, very I mean, far. Oh, very good. I'm at the I'm bottom. With, oh, good. All right. Cause I, I'm with you on that. And I, and I, um, you know, I don't want to take the conversation off in any particular direction, but yeah, I, um, truly believe that, it is systematic. And I believe that, um, uh, you know, even the education stuff, you know, even down to the dollars of education, you know, it's like when, when the uh, government says, Hey, we'll cover this percentage. Then the school goes, Oh oh, no, no, it was, um, it was double that. I'm sorry. I don't know why we said 10,000. It's 20,000 a semester. Mm -hmm. And the government's like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, it's just like the whole, it's a, it from a, from a fiscal angle, it's, it's just goofy. And from a, um, conspiracy angle it's legit i mean you see it it's it's this i, I mean everybody's got a different belief on the end game but you know i think, right. I think it's crazy I, I, yeah but i think the the positive that came out of this most recent election and you know i did a bunch of shows kind of dissecting some of this stuff and, and looking at you know what was from a i looked at it from an energetic standpoint from a manipulative standpoint how people's minds were being, I guess, taken advantage of and, and kind of played. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's kind of where it's, where it's coming from is it's that system of control to control ultimately people's energy, because there's a certain output that's desired to keep people in that state. That's, that's at the bottom of the rabbit hole. My, my listeners will know what I'm talking about there, but you know, the energy that we put out, I mean, we can measure that. And mm-hmm. I think that there's something to be gained from putting out that negativity and that fear-based energy and that's why we are continually struggling and on the surface you know it's seen in forms of you know corruption and, and selfishness and greed and things of that nature mm-hmm. yeah this is true and, and you even mentioned about being a slave to debt um you know and we all are subject to that like that constant it's like it's a fine line dennis like you don't you know you could be in the woods you know like as they say with foil in your head eating you know berries and squirrels or whatever but mm-hmm you know, you also, you don't want to lose quality of life. It's a, it's right. in enjoying the moment and enjoying the fact that we are humans, we are alive and we are here. So it's a fine line, you know what I mean? And, and I believe in all the stuff you talk about, I'm sure, uh, at least 90% of it probably. And yeah, and even, and even bringing up the election, I, I try not to get political uh, publicly. Right. I do with my friends, but not publicly for the sake of, I don't want people to feel like they're, they can't approach me, you know, especially cause I'm out there more publicly right. like that. But, um, if anybody could say anything good came out of the selection, even if they hate Trump, what, what I liked was people were standing up and being passionate and saying, no, this is what I believe. And it's, even if it's against the system, this is what I'm going to stand for. And right. uh, you get, you get a sense of tone. And I think it's what makes America, America originally it's mm-hmm. changed a lot, but it's that it's that nobody wants to land on the moon anymore. And I think people are getting that again. They want to conquer something. They want to, yeah, achieve. So it's cool. I, I hope that that's a, a trend that grows. I, I hope that the people continue to ride that wave. Um, you know, but you do have people that were defending the system itself. Like my, my stance on this was, you know, this is ridiculous. I, I'm not participating in the election, you know, and people got mad at me because I said, I can't, I can't do it. I can't vote. Right. You know, <laughs> yep. um, so you had some people who were upset about that, but I have had a lot of people, you know, reach out and just saying, Hey, I got a buddy, this is why I'm so glad I do this show. I had a friend I've known him for years. He reached out to me this past weekend and he's like, 
you know, throwing in some uh, some conspiracy stuff, some paranormal stuff. Mm. And he's like, look, man, I just after the election, I realized just how screwed up the world is and just how deep it goes. And his mm. eyes were open to it. So I think that's there's a lot of people now who are hungry for it. They're curious for it. You know, they're, they're, they want to know what's really going on in this world. What is this reality? You yeah, know, that's why I try to build this platform so we can make these conversations comfortable. You and I, we're both regular guys. Yep. We just have a different approach to, to experiencing life. It's all perspective. And and what you're saying is true. I mean, I, I, I do watch a lot of conspiracy videos. I mean, I spent a lot of time working or driving, so mm-hmm. I just have time to listen. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Which is kind of cool. You can only make so many calls. Um, but uh, that's, that's the vibe I get overall is that um, – there's, I, I don't think that when we were kids, oh my gosh, where would you even hear this stuff, man? You, I, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to find it. Maybe on, I don't know where I can't even think. We, I, I don't think half of us had cable back then. Uh, I'll tell you, we, we used to watch the, the ancient prophecies yeah. uh, show that used to come on. I used to watch that with my mom right. and I got lucky. Um, I mean, we, it's a story for another day, but we had a lot of paranormal stuff going on in my house as a kid. Oh, wow. Some really crazy stuff happening. So I was always aware of it, but it was something I didn't talk about publicly, maybe to my close friends. And even then I was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we actually took a psychic development course at Upper Darby High School. used to allow different people to come in and teach. I could do like a photography course oh, wow. or a knitting course. And uh, a local psychic decided to teach a course in what it was to be psychic. And that was like, a, I don't know, like a six month course. We'd go once a week and it was eye-opening. I was like, oh, this is all the stuff that I experienced naturally and somebody else experiences it too. Here's how to deal with it and use it. And I just kind of have gone from there, but never spoke about it publicly until really until after my father died. And I decided, you know what? There's something more going on and I'm going to come out of the closet with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully other people will listen and say, hey, I've had crazy experiences like that too. You know? Yeah. But- it goes along with the, like I said earlier about, being able to talk about things we never used to be able to talk about. And it's awesome because the, I, I don't want to say the truth or conspiracy. I don't want to label people, but that community right. is just through the roof and, and it's growing mm-hmm. every day. And truthfully, I mean, from what I've seen, YouTube tried to really squash people like that. Um, but that the whole, it seems like the YouTube TV <laughs> idea is not blown over. So it feels like uh, they're starting to monetize a lot of people again for a while. They were choking people out and, um, yeah, you know, and it seems like uh, recently they, I guess, they had a conference in New York with some select YouTubers, and you know, I think you know, it's funny how money just money. You know, people are like money or your life, and it's like you know, you, we'll abandon like our creeds and morals because of money. So it's like, yeah. you know, it, it's so it's like even YouTube. You know, it, it's cool though. It, I, I good good on that because I think it's the conspiracy community that's keeping them really strong. I mean, that and alternative news. Which yeah. they deemed fake news for a while, but you know, yeah, that was ironic, wasn't it? Oh, it's crazy, but it's it's really cool though. I I, I am, uh, I, I think we're in a good moment, Dennis. I think I think, uh, yeah, you know, people are waking up, and um, you have to eat the meat and throw out the bones. There's some silly stuff out there, but then there's, but yeah, I don't know. You can't really say it's silly unless you have proof. It's not, you know. You know, I've I've got I've tried to keep such an open mind. I, it, you know, I'm going to go on a tangent here, but I did a show when I like when I really got. Back into the show, um, one of the earlier shows I did was exploring this flat Earth theory, and I'm not, I am not a flat earther. I want to make that quite clear. But it, this theory fascinates me. The movement fascinates me. And I, I there's a, the, I guess the big documentary for flat earthers is called Under the Dome. And one of the things, that, like, there's just so many things in there that I that I say as as an analyst, 
hey, that's interesting. That's definitely an, an anomaly. That ties into another theory that I'm currently exploring. I still don't think the Earth is flat, but this information supports what I'm researching. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think where we have to come at this as, no matter how crazy something sounds, you may be able to take something away from it instead of just slamming somebody for, you know, because it's too weird, doesn't fit your own dogma. Well, that's no different than what you're trying to get away from in the alternative community. Mm-hmm. They become, you become part of the problem again, instead of part of the solution. We all have something to bring. I think it's so dangerous when people um, throw out things, throw out ideas. I mean, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's like the whole Christianity atheist thing. You know, I mean, I, 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 for a while, I was watching a lot of debates between Christians and atheists, and you know, and um, you know, I, I believe wholeheartedly in my faith, and I, I don't really. I mean, I guess at thirty-eight, you just don't care about anything anymore. You know, you just right. say whatever. Right. But I, that's really like the best part of hitting thirty is like, what the heck? I don't, I don't care about anything. But <laughs> I'm just gonna do what I want. Yeah, it's like, where's I gotta get a gut, man? I get so. <laughs> but it was like it was so cool, but. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's like the thing that frustrated me the most about some of these debates is that just people were digging their heels in so hard. And especially when it comes to science, it was like, no, there's no way there could be a creator. There's no way there could be this. There's no, and it's like, ah, come on, you're atheism, you're supposed to be like all about science. Like, and you yeah. should know that any anything is plausible, kind right. of. And if we, you know, when we thought leeches was relevant, you know, bloodletting and all that stuff, what, a hundred years ago, or, you know, or mm-hmm. even when we were kids, there's things you think are, you know, in, in a course of 10 years, you think things are um, relevant and then all of a sudden they're not. So it's like, you got to stay open-minded. I mean, dude, we were shaving lines in the side of our head when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, you know I had what three. I mean? Yep. I had three too. And I, and I remember I got yelled at for it from my mom. But that, that's the thing. It's like, thing, it's just what you are so certain on today. Tomorrow is like. It's going to change tomorrow. It most likely right. could. You know, and yeah. sometimes it comes full circle. You know, I, I, I was raised Catholic and I, you know, as you said in the beginning of the show, I'm one of those guys who said I used to be religious and I walked mm-hmm. away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I walk a different path now, but I got a Reiki attunement um, mm-hmm. about two years ago. And this is where it really kind of kicked me in the face is that my instructor was sitting there and he's, and he's teaching us how to use the Reiki energy and work with it. And somebody says, well, what is Reiki? And he says, well, it was told to me when I was, when I was doing it, that Reiki is the Holy spirit. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a Christian term. Right. And then the more I thought about it, then stuff from my Catholic upbringing, it all started to fall in place and it made sense. It was just a different word to describe a similar phenomenon. And Mm. I, I, I've stuck with that term in my research as I'm going through it. You know, so sometimes things go full circle. So don't just close your mind off to information because it could help you, even if it's not the path that you want to follow. And, and, you know, and even if it's something you don't believe, I mean, we, we have to, and I see this in the Christian community a lot. I'm not dogging Christians. If anybody's listening, but uh, if any Christians are listening, but the thing is like, um, I know we, we shut our, we shut our doors to people who believe differently um, and, but, but we forget that we're like still tenants in the same building. Like we still live here. You have to, you have yeah. to be with people and you have to listen to people and you have to be a part of a community, whether you're Christian or not, you can't hide in a building and you can't have your own like jive and your own language and your own, like, like, you know, like a lot of times like people are like, you're a Christian artist. No, I'm a Christian who is an artist. Like when I was a plumber, right. I wasn't a Christian plumber. You know what I mean? Like, you know, why right, you, like you know, stop making pipe, you know, cross pipes, you know what I mean? Or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just silly. And so it's yeah. like, you have to be a part of a community and, and Christians a lot of times think, I think they think, it seems like they think that by accepting the human, you're accepting 
all the things about them that you may disagree with. Uh, right. But the fact is, is we all are going to disagree about something about somebody. So it's like, where do you just chill out, just chill out and be a part of a community. And and so it is frustrating from both sides from an atheist or a, you're right. So, it, you know, if he's using the term Holy spirit uh, to describe Reiki or it's Reiki is a different term for it. Um, it's, that's cool. Just be open. Like let, let, it doesn't mean that you have to change what, like, it doesn't mean I have yeah. to change what I believe to hear what you say and, and appreciate what you're saying. Right. I don't know. Right. You, you, it, it's, well, it's all learning process. You know, I, I've studied different religions, different faiths. I take something from every single one. It doesn't mean I have to go start following that religious path. It just means well, I'm, on my journey, I'm learning from what your teachings have to offer. And we can disagree on certain points. And to me, that makes for great conversation. And if we start right. getting heated and offended, well, then let's maybe let's shut this conversation down <laughs> right. and continue on, you know, but it, it's so difficult for some people to do. And that's, and that's what's frustrating. Just be open-minded. And I think we can all better integrate in our society. Absolutely. You're not, I think a lot of times, again, I keep going from a Christian point of view because that's what I know, but it seems, I think they think that if they accept the person or at least listen, that they are um, abandoning their, you know, their compromise. You don't have to compromise. If if you, if I have deep rooted beliefs, I can, I can, they are mine and I can hang on to them all day. It doesn't mean I, just because you do what you do and I love you for just being another human you know, that doesn't mean I'm, I've abandoned my faith, you know, or, or my morals. And it doesn't mean I have to change anything about what I believe. It's, it, it, it's hard though. People do dig their heels. And like I said, they just do and whatever. And that's where a lot of this conflict comes from. I think is that that inability to, uh, right. to bend and be open-minded. And that's, I think the, one of the greatest problems, you know, we can blame the government, we can blame the system, we can blame the, the society, mm-hmm. but the biggest problem is us. You know, we mm-hmm. have all the power and we're refusing to use it and, and we're allowing ourselves to be divided. It's not that we have been divided. We've allowed ourselves to mm. be divided. And that's, I think, the greatest challenge we're facing. Yeah. And it sounds like we're beating a subject to death, but this is incredibly relevant with, with uh, what's happening in Islam and what's happening in the gay community and the Christian community. I mean, Christians are becoming mm-hmm. the enemy now. It's like, it's like, you're right. It's division. I believe it's part of a bigger design uh, that I mean, it sounds like we could talk about here, but you can't talk about it in the regular world. It seems like, um, right? You know, but it, right. but it's true. It's a hundred percent true that it's by design and it's and it's working. So yeah, it's very unity is very relevant among the people. You know, it's like when people dog America, I get so annoyed because it's America is not a, the government or whatever's happening out there is not America. America's us. Right. We are America, and so right. we're we the people. Yeah, we're awesome. <laughs> we're great i agree you know, so I, com- I completely agree yeah, so. i mean again bringing it back it, it allows you know you and i to follow our dreams and, and pursue as hard as it is yep. people don't have those opportunities you know and, and joe we're coming up uh, close to the end of the show here so let's let's bring it back to the music and, and what you're doing because it's been mm-hmm. such a, a fantastic journey what do you have on on point coming up for you what's uh, what's next for flint face Okay. The next thing is, uh, I mean, I'm Flint face. I'm a solo guy. So, uh, you know, what we do is, uh, we're, we're scheduling for the fall. Uh, my wife's going to come sing harmonies. She sings in with me a lot, um, on the record and, and live. Um, if we get shows where we need a full band, I have guys in place for that. Um, so the, the new record's going to come out in September. Uh, yeah, I guess the GoFundMe is still open if anyone is interested and, um, it would help and it'd be appreciated. Um, so we're going to release the record. We're going to start promoting and then um, I'm working on a book with a publisher. We're going to start that conversation. 
I think that my biggest goal is is media, larger media, 18. So, so I'm setting it up for pushed by a couple producers about doing a TV show. And do, so there's some, I think the goal is to do mass media. I don't know if, if you don't sugarcoat the message, if it will be accepted, but whether you like Trump or not, I think it's a tone in the country right now on both sides where people just want to hear truth. They just want to hear honesty. Yeah. And so I don't know. We'll see mass media. That's my next goal. Bigger I- media. That's awesome, Joe. Um, again, you and I have a lot of common, common things in, uh, you know, in the works, I think. Um, just curious, what's the, what's the premise of your book coming up? Um, well, I think resilience. Um, I have this thing where I have kids uh, and, and adults at different shows uh, write on a piece of paper something that they can't articulate or get out or say, you know, you know stuff we both struggle with or whatever, different things. And I have them write on a piece of paper and tear it out and throw it on the stage. And I have thousands of these papers they cover entire stages wow so incorporate them in the book you know different key ones um right and just kind of scan them and bring them in and so uh, you know i don't know if it's going to be more this one needs to be a short maybe fifty thousand words and really focusing on resilience i'm not sure if you're still with me joe i'm getting like every other word now Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? I, I can hear you now. So I heard that it's, it's you know, getting these letters from kids, I think is a great idea. They're thrown on stage and the book's going to be focused on resilience. You were saying. Yeah. Just focus on resilience and, um, and, and just start there and go from there. I don't know. Um, I don't necessarily think it needs to be a biography. I think it just needs to be more about, uh, resilience, what that concept means and how to mm-hmm. apply it to your life. A short book, like I said, maybe 50,000 words, something real simple. That's pretty awesome, man. Anything I can do uh, to help you out, let me know. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So, okay. Where can, uh, where can people find you? Where can they find the album? Where can they find Flintface? Uh, why don't you plug your websites and anything you need to plug right now? Awesome. I mean, all social media, just Flintface and uh, Flintface.com. So it's just, it's all right there. Perfect. And I'll have all these links up in the uh, show notes at serviceofchange.com attached to this podcast as well. Joe, that's pretty much uh, all the time that we have right now. I want you to stay on the line after we close out the show, but uh, I want to thank you for coming on and, uh, and sharing your incredible story. You and I, I think could talk for hours and I'm hoping that we can connect, especially since we're local now, but uh, any, any final thoughts for our listeners out there? Oh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for having me. And, um, I think uh, you guys need to keep listening because you're part of doing the work just by being conscious and aware. And Dennis, you're doing a great work just by putting things out there. And so, uh, yeah, good, good, good for all of you. It's awesome. And keep it up. You're not, uh, even if you can't speak about it because of work or social reasons, uh, your prayers and thoughts and just being conscious does make a difference. The more people that are aware, the better. Excellent point, Joe. Thanks so much, my friend. We'll definitely be in touch. Definitely. Went over our time limit here, but it was well worth it. It was uh, an inspirational discussion that I've had. I know I've taken a lot from that conversation. I hope you have as well. Joe, I wish you all the best. Thank you for being a guest on the show. Uh, There is an open door here next time you want to come on. You have something else to promote or you just want to shoot the breeze about whatever conspiracy we can dig up and talk about. Uh, You are always a welcome guest on this show, my friend. To my listeners out there, thank you so very much for tuning in and being a part of this uh, process in this show as well. If you have not done so already, please sign up for the Seeker newsletter. It's a free weekly newsletter that comes out every Sunday morning. You'll have the show notes and more each week, uh, and you will also get free 
access to read I am human and we are not who we think we are that book begins the exploration of this reality and asks the question what does it mean to be human there is more to it than we realize and it's the start for the next book I am human food for the archons that's all the time I have I'm Dennis Nappy II this has been the Seeker Podcast where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world I encourage you to be that change, never stop questioning, and keep an open mind. Thank you. Truth Seekers.